Kevin Marcus Miller, Setbacks to Comebacks podcast. This episode is sponsored by allapproach.com. Welcome to Setbacks to Comebacks. I was a young coach. I, I was a JV junior varsity coach for a couple of years in a high school. And I did pretty well. And I thought mm-hmm. I knew everything. And, and imagine, you know, where you start to have some success and you right. think, I'm ready for the next level. The next level in my profession was being a varsity coach, a head mm-hmm. coach at a high school. And I got my first head job at 25 years old. Imagine what? you getting your first big leadership position at a pretty young age. You're probably thinking, I can do this. I've got all the knowledge <laughs> and skills. Well, I did such a great job, Kevin. Mm. I led that team to 17 consecutive losses. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't like what the administration had to say to me after the season. Of course, what they said to me was, you're fired. We don't want you back. <laughs> And that was a very humbling experience. I challenge all your listeners, think about your first major setback. Certainly Mm. you had one more traumatic than most people, Mm. but we've probably all had a fairly big setback in our life. And the question for all of us to think about is how do you respond? Meet coach Jim Johnson. With over 30 years of experience and 428 career victories, coach Jim's journey has been a testament to the power of dedication and perseverance. Many speakers talk about leadership, but few have truly led thousands. Coach Jim Johnson is that rare exception. In a moment celebrated worldwide, Coach Jim Johnson made a life-changing decision, inspiring countless lives. Coach Jim Johnson's message resonates with people from all walks of life, reminding us of the power of courage, tenacity, and true leadership. His transformational message goes far beyond motivation. It's an experience that ignites the human spirit. Dreams really do come true. This is Coach Jim Johnson, and this is his comeback story. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Kevin Marcus Miller. Welcome to Setbacks to Comebacks. We have another fantastic episode today. Listen, for those of you who know my story as a sudden cardiac arrest survivor, basketball has been something of mine that has been kind of difficult to come back to. Um, given what I've been through. And so I actually wanted to have a deeper conversation with somebody today who has, when you think about basketball history and you think about people who have helped people make comebacks and actually raise brilliant young men, because it's not just about the game, it's about raising men of character. And you think about this coach and what he's been through in the last 30 years. There's no other coach that I'm talking about other than Coach Jim Johnson. So I have Coach Jim here, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Coach Johnson. Woo! What's going on, man? <laughs> Looking forward to this. Oh, that's good. We were already running before we even started, so we'll just go right back to what we were talking about. Um, I think, honestly, man, the the crazy thing about being a basketball player that people don't talk about a lot, and I'm curious your take on this, I feel like it's only a team sport if you actually understand the game and want to be a team player, because I've noticed a lot of players, it never becomes a team sport. It's always about their, their stats. It's always about them. How have you been able to help young men build character and collaborative skills that are going to take them past just the game? Well, uh, powerful first question, Kevin, my man. And and I, I say that, uh, you know, any think of anyone 
that tries to lead any kind of team. Mm. Isn't that the ultimate? Imagine, you know, the best team you could have is when you can get all people thinking about the same team mm. over their individual goals. Now, we all know if you've led a team that that's right. much easier said than done. Right. And so I think uh, one of the things that now, because I do a lot of leadership talks around the country, and leadership is something that's fascinated me because uh, I'll start with a, a very short uh, comeback story. Yeah. Uh, but I had a setback. So I was a young coach. I, I was a JV junior varsity coach for a couple of years in a high school. And I did pretty well. And I thought mm. I knew everything. And, and imagine, you know, where you start to have some success and you right. think, I'm ready for the next level. Well, the next level in my profession was being a varsity coach, a head mm. coach at high school. And I got my first head job at 25 years old. Imagine Woo! you getting your first big leadership position at a pretty young age. Nice. Course, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, I can do this. I've got all <laughs> the knowledge and, and skills. Well, I did such a great job, Kevin. Mm. I led that team to 17 consecutive losses. <laughs> and then I didn't like what the administration had to say to me after the season. Of course, what they said to me was, you're fired. We don't want you back. And that was a very humbling experience. And I, I challenge all your listeners, think about your first major setback. Certainly mm. you had one more traumatic than most people. Mm. But we've probably have all had a fairly big setback in our right. life. And the question for all of us to think about is, how do you respond? Because I'll, I'll say, initially, I responded very poorly. I wanted to blame everybody else. I wanted to make excuses. But after reflecting, there were two things that helped me immensely. I want to share with your audience that I think mm -hmm. can help everyone. Number one is use setbacks as stimulation. Mm -hmm. Start your comeback. It yeah. was something like you did, Right. Right. And so for me, that was that burning in my belly that mm. never went away that I was going to prove that I could be a successful coach. And the second thing is, I realized as an arrogant 25-year-old that I needed to learn a lot about leadership and how to build a team culture. So I've been a student now of leadership for almost 40 years. I wow. study it immensely. And it's something I encourage all your listeners. If you want to be great in something, in my case, I wanted to be great as a leader of a basketball program, mm -hmm. you have to study leadership and how to build a team and team culture. And that's something I do now as I talk about seven keys to be an effective leader. Hmm. Uh, and certainly after uh, having some trials and tribulations, including my major setback, right. I was able to uh, uh, end up having quite a career. In fact, I, I'm honored to say that I'm going to be inducted into our uh, basketball hall of fame here in our section of our wow. state uh, this October. Uh, oh, but man. If you saw the first seven years of my career, you'd say he's not a Hall of Famer. And, <laughs> I, and I'm sure many of our listeners have gotten off to tough starts in life, but it's not where you start, mm. where you finish. And mm. so embrace that journey and we can all be better for it. Man, you're a natural. <laughs> I love it. I'm, this is going to be a good interview, man. Hall of Famer. Does that when you really process that for a minute, do you actually understand what that means? Like deeper than just the accomplishment, but how big of a comeback that really is? 
It's a great question because, uh, you know, I have done some reflecting because I've been retired now from coaching from seven years now. Mm. And, and uh, it, certainly I think most people get into any profession. Right. You want to be the best you can be. But to think about that you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, whatever mm. it is, is I think most effective people don't think that way. They exactly. Be the best they want to be. But, you know, I do pinch myself. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that, you know, I had such a terrible start in coaching and the fact that now uh, I'm in a hall of fame is, yeah. is, is it's touching. It makes you feel like people have recognized what you've done. Mm. Uh, but I, I think the one thing I'm proud of Kevin is I really felt like I did it for all the right reasons. I was in to, to try to, to help, uh, young people be the best they can be individually and also teach them on how to be effective in working in a team. And for you, was that a choice when you were 25 to be a coach or was there some other setback that forced you to be a basketball coach or was that a direct choice for you to choose that career path? Well, I, I, I now speaking of setbacks, uh, uh, I, I was a pretty good high school player, probably okay. in my mind, a better player than I actually was. You might have been able to beat me, <laughs> you know, who knows? <laughs> and, and, but anyways, uh, so I went to college and I made uh, one college team. I was on the JVs. Most colleges don't have junior varsities, but back then they, they did. A lot of them did. Right. And, but I, I was homesick. So I actually transferred after one semester and I went to another college closer to my home and I had more friends there. And uh, unfortunately, I did not make the team. So it was a very humbling experience. But the two things I will say, one, my dad was my high school basketball coach. So uh, oh, cool. after my playing career ended, I, I really love what he did. And I thought mm. this is a way that I can stay in the game of basketball and make right. an impact as, as a leader. So that really became after I, uh, pick myself off the ground from not making basketball and not being able to play anymore, you know, right. competitively or, you know, at least on a team uh, is that I was going to find another way to stay in the game and make an impact. And and so mm. coaching became something I really became driven uh, to try to be the best I could be. Okay. So that's interesting. You say it that way, because when I think about my trajectory with basketball, and the cardiac arrest. I often feel that there's such a big setback with my cardiac arrest that I'm not able to play anymore. I'm not able to be a coach. Mm. I love right. that you used that fuel and you said, one step below for me is to be a coach, no longer being a player. For me, I think it's going to be, okay, I'm not yet a player anymore. Can't quite do that. Can't quite be a coach. Doesn't mean that I can't share stories like this though. And I can't be a part yeah. of the game in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. And so talk to me about your dad and how he impacted your character as a young man. Was he somebody that taught you about leadership in the house as well? Or was that, was there a disconnect between what your dad was really doing as a leadership, right? Because he's not really, basketball coaching is not just about skills, it's about leadership. Did you understand what he was doing and how he was impacting you that way? Or did you didn't really figure that out until you became a coach? Uh, somewhat, you know, I think for, think about, imagine you, you know, all the listeners, we all have a dad, Yeah. you know, some probably have impacted uh, them and all of us in a positive way. And some mm. maybe not so much, you know, there's dads that are weren't around. I was very blessed because my mm. dad 
was uh, my hero. He was my role model. Mm -hmm. uh, and I learned a lot about uh, from him, you right. know, uh, how to conduct yourself as a person. He respected everybody. Mm -hmm. He treated people uh, with great respect day in and day out. So I learned a lot of positive qualities from my dad um, that I was fortunate. Uh, my dad didn't stay as a coach. He actually got into school administration. So oh, cool. he got into another type of leadership where I stayed as a coach. That got in my blood, Kevin, and never went away. <laughs> I, I, I just I, got I, the I bug. Yeah, I got the bug and I fell in love with coaching. And I think for all of us, you think about, uh, you know, the, some people make a lot of career changes and nothing wrong right. with that. But really find what is that passion for mm -hmm. you and how you can really use your passion to help others and be a, a, the best leader you can be in whatever yeah. endeavor you choose. So 2006, I believe, is the year. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're you're coaching a game. It's an important game. And you decide that one of the, I believe it's the gentleman who is the sports manager, the equipment manager. Is that right? Team manager, yep. Team manager. And you say, hey, get in the game. Mm -hmm. Walk me through this story. This is crazy. I need to hear this. Yeah. So talk about uh, setbacks to comebacks. And, mm. and uh, you know, I, I ask people a lot, like, who's your J-Mac? And what I mean by that is we had a young man. His name was Jason McElwain. His mm. nickname was J-Mac, actually a name I tagged him because I couldn't pronounce his last name. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, fortunately, he liked the nickname. Uh, but with Jason is on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And when he tried out, he tried out for the junior varsity team at the high school. I was the varsity coach and he didn't make the team, but mm -hmm. my AV coach said, this young man has a big heart. And even though he was very small in stature, maybe five, six, a hundred pounds soaking wet, wow. but he had this big heart and he, he really met some of the real ingredients we looked for. And I think that's something I want to encourage all leaders. Think about, who, what are the characteristics you're looking for, for the people you want on your team? Do you have the mm. right people on your bus and do you have them on the right seats? And so Jason wasn't talented enough to make it as a basketball player, but he served as our team manager mm. and he did that his sophomore year. And then what was really touching to me, Kevin, is I rarely ever had a young man, if they didn't make the team, would come out and try again the next year. And if they did, it was usually a half-hearted effort. They wouldn't try, you know, show up to our off-season workouts. But J-Mac was different. Really? All our off-season workouts. And this wow. is a lesson we all can learn is, is really, if you are going to show something, give it your best shot. It's a lesson that I really learned from Jason. And even though he wasn't very talented as a basketball player, he came mm -hmm. to everything and he got better. And he tried out his junior for the varsity, the team I wow. coached. And he wasn't good enough to make the team, but he served as team manager and he did mm. it well. And I started to build this great bond. So his senior, he tries out again after coming to all our offseason workouts. And this year, that year in 2005, six, I said to him, Jason, fortunately, not quite good enough to make the team. And he was really disappointed because this was mm. his third year. But I said, I want to give you a gift. And he kind of looked at me, what's the gift, coach? I said, well, for senior night, our final home game, I'm going to give you a uniform and hopefully get you mm. in the game. And I kid people that periodically he would ask me about that uniform during the season. Of course, I defined periodically as about every other day. He was pretty pumped up. I'm sure he was asking yeah. every hour, every day. Yeah, yeah. So he was pretty pumped up. Well, the crazy thing about that season, in fact, I wrote a book about it called A Coach in a Miracle. Mm. And 
in that, actually, you talk about uh, setbacks to comebacks. Right. That first half of the season was the most difficult season I ever had in my third years as a head coach. We had a lot of internal strife. It's too long of a story, but I'll just say that it divided the team. I see. And think for anybody, the listeners, that have you ever been on a team that was divided? Mm-hmm. If so, did you get the, did your team be successful? No. I would probably. <laughs> not, right? nope. Well, even though we were a very talented team, we struggled because we were divided. Right. But Jason was kind of our rock and he stayed there and we finally got things going in the right direction. But it took a lot of hard work from our coaches and getting our players to, to buy in. But the bottom line is. February 15th, senior night, a final home game. And the crowd wants Jason to get in the game. And so I put him in with just over four minutes to go. And the place exploded. And usually I'm a pretty macho guy. I don't cry at basketball games normally. But Kevin, this was different. And think yourself, a real touching moment in your life. This was one of my most touching when Jason entered the court for the first time, our student body, they called themselves the six men, they mm-hmm. gave him a standing ovation. But what Jason and I didn't know is they had all these pictures, these placards that one of our parents had made and put them on paint sticks. And when they showed that, Mr. Macho sat down in tears, started wow. to roll down my face. Think about how you would have reacted if you saw something like that. Wow. Well, now the game begins. Jason's in his first varsity basketball game. The first time he touches the ball, he's got a three-pointer in the from the corner. Go! The crowd stands in anticipation. Kevin, it misses by like six feet. And I kid people. I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying, dear God, please help him get one basket. Next possession. He has a shorter shot from about 10 feet. And this time it hits the backboard, hits the rim and falls off. And the crowd groans. I'm thinking, all right, God's starting to listen. We're getting closer. Yeah. Third possession. He has another three-pointer from the right wing. Let's Mm. it go. This time, magic. It explodes. And I'm thinking to myself, God must be a basketball fan. Not only (laughs) Jason scored, he's got a three-pointer. It can't get any better than this, right? Right. Well, for the next three minutes, I got to fast forward and I'll come back and finish the story. Jason's boyhood idol was the late Kobe Bryant. In fact, he used to sign his name, Jason J. Mac Kobe McElway. So the crazy thing is, is he turns into Kobe for the next three minutes. And before I describe what happened, five months after the game, Jason's up for the ESPY, for the greatest sports moment of the year. He's at the ESPYs in California. You know who one of the other finalists is? His idol, Kobe. Kobe had scored 81 points in the game. Imagine, could you think of how you would react if you met your idol and you're up for the same award? That was what Jason. So Jason meets his idol and he beats him out for the ESPY and wins the ESPY. Well, how does he do that? After that first make, he comes down, he makes another three. Then he makes a basket where his foot is on the line. And the place is going crazier and crazier. Two things I'll never forget. With a minute to go, Mm. I'm sitting on the bench, tears still rolling down my face because I can't believe what I'm seeing. And I get a tap on my shoulder. I'm shocked. I look behind me. It's J-Mac's mother. She's bawling her eyes out and she whispers in my ear, Coach, this is the best gift you could ever give my son. Mm. What would you have done if you heard that, Kevin? Of course, I cried harder. Then this is how the game ends. Spencer Port, our opponent that night, I want to give kudos to their coach and their players. They're really good sports. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
they score with about 10 seconds to go. And our player that takes out of bounds normally he throws it to our point guard. But for some unknown reason, he throws it right to J-Mac. So I'm looking wow. up the clock and it's ticking down. And I see him dribbling down. I thought they were just going to let him go in and make a short shot of layup. Right. Oh, no. Jason pulls up like two feet behind the arc, almost an NBA three. I'm thinking, ah! Jason, that's way too far. He launches his rainbow. Swish. I look over, our student body runs on the floor. Our players are on the floor. How many of you have seen the movie, Rudy? Because I thought yeah. I was yeah. Then our players put him up on his, their shoulders. He's got the game ball over his head. At that point, I have no idea how many points he scored. And our mm-hmm. public address announcer comes on and says, the leading scorer for the Trojans tonight, J-Mac with 20 points. And, of course, my math brain, I'm thinking, if he played the whole oh. game, he scored 160 points. <laughs> <laughs> and it was truly – and I'll finish the story by saying uh-huh. this. Uh, two things. One, one of the great lessons we can all learn, because I think as a leader, we're always mm-hmm. trying to – find uh, team players. And to me, that was the essence in teamwork because, you know, Kevin, I never asked the four players on the floor with Jason to pass him the ball. Yet Mm. out of their own hearts, they Mm. pass the ball to him every time. Think of as a leader if you can get them to think about shining the light on somebody else. That's pretty special, isn't it? And I'll, I'll never forget. And then the other thing is Jason's dream was he wanted to help us be part of a section five champion. At that yeah. point in my career, think about if you had this major goal in your profession. Well, for right. me, it was to lead my team to a section five championship. We had gotten close. We got to the semifinals six times, but never won it. Finally, Jason Sr., three weeks after that magical game, in front of a sold out arena, about 10,000 people, we were down. Woo! 14 to three came back and won the game in the last 20 seconds. And we were section five champs. Wow. So that kind of uh, put the thing. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll finalize this last thing is Jason, a couple of years after that, he graduated, he came back and he asked me to come back and be involved in the program. So he was my volunteer assistant for my last eight or nine years of coaching. So wow. our, our uh, relationship wow. continued to grow. And I think for all of us, uh, you know, relationships are so important. And I, my question to everybody is, what are you doing to improve the relationships in your life? It's something we should all be cognizant of. Coach, wow. <laughs> I didn't know. I knew parts of the story, but I, wow. That's beautiful, man. That's touching, seriously. Thank you. Wow. That's a special moment. And you still talk to J-Mac every once in a while? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a text from him. We've already texted wow. today. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I used to wow. see him pretty much every day when he was coaching me since I retired. Uh, we still connect, you know, a lot. That's but, awesome. uh, obviously, he still lives in the town I live in. So we live about 10 mm-hmm. minutes apart. So, um, you know, I don't see him quite as much as I used to, but uh, that's awesome. he's special. I'll tell you one thing is fascinating. You know, in that game, he was like 5'9", 120 pounds, yeah. small, right? If you saw him today, Kevin, he's six foot two. He's 175 pounds. Really? Think about, this is a great question for all of us. And something Jason taught me that I think we can all learn from is, you know what? Miracles, you never know when they're going to happen. One thing I learned from Jason is you can do more than you think you can. And I'll give you an Mm. illustration. When Jason started coaching with me, he came in the office one day and he says, 
Coach, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to coach with. I love it. I says, well, Jason, it's great to have you. He says, but I need to do something to be competitive myself. I'm going to get back into running. I said, really? What are you going to do? He says, I'm going to run the Rochester Marathon. I said, great. He was a runner in high school, but he had gotten away from it. And, you know, he's much bigger and stronger now. He's like 6'2", 170 pounds. So I said, well, you know, because I do, we did a lot of work with our players and goals. Mm. And I said to him, well, what's your goal for the Rochester Marathon? He says, I want to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Now, Ooh. I don't know if your listeners are runners, but the, you, have, you have qualifying time to get into the Boston Marathon is based on your age. Well, he was in his 20s. So the qualifying time was three hours and five minutes. And mm. I'm... I have not run a marathon, but I I know a lot about running. So I knew that that was a very fast marathon. And when he told me, I said, J-Mac, that's really fast. He goes, coach, I'm working with Coach Shoemaker. He was our cross-country coach. And when I train him, Kevin, first Rochester Marathon, runs it in three hours, one minute, and 40 seconds. He qualifies for Boston. I'm going to give you a quick sidelight, though. He decides that he needs to train one more year. So he could have gone the Boston Marathon. He didn't. Wow. I don't know if you, you and your list remember, but they had a bombing at the Boston Marathon. I that do remember was, that. That's when he could have gone. Wow. So something the good wow. man upstairs was talking to him. Wow. So he has to run a Rochester Marathon again to qualify. This time he runs it even faster, three hours and like 38 seconds. Wow. Goes to the Boston Marathon. I said, J-Mac, what's your goal for Boston? He says, I'm going to break two, three hours. I said, Jason, the mm. Boston Marathon is more difficult. It's got heartbreak hill. He goes, I know I've upgraded my training. <laughs> First Boston Marathon, Kevin, two hours, 58 minutes, <gasps> and 46 seconds. Oh, I share that story Stay because back. for all of us, we all think oh, I can't do that. Well, Jason's a great illustration that we can do a lot more than we think he can. So my challenge to all of you is mm. use those setbacks, those challenges, and, and overcome them to make those comebacks because we can all do a lot more than we think we can. Mm. Coach Jim, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, um, <clears throat> when I have an amazing guest, I like to give them a proper um, outro so that you can connect with them instead of them coming on here. And I say, how could you find it? Right. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, all you need to do is Google coach jim johnson you actually has a website he has all of his information for those of you who are looking for speakers leadership coaches folks that can help you and assist you with your business as well as with um, if you own an organization and you need to make your leaders uh better and more passionate coach has got your back so all you gotta do google coach jim johnson all his links will pop right up we'll also have his links in the show notes as well thank you for tuning in to setbacks to comebacks thanks coach thank you